If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The massive series of explosions at the airbase in Crimea has sent shockwaves far beyond the Russian-occupied peninsula. New satellite images appear to show deep craters and scorched earth, with the Ukrainian government claiming at least eight Russian warplanes destroyed. The blast sent stunned beachgoers well over a hundred miles from the closest front line, fleeing for safety. A deep strike for Ukrainian forces, says retired U.S. Marine Intelligence Officer Hal Kempfer. And frankly, that changes the front across the board. And if they can continue the momentum, if they can continue to do deep strikes, if they can continue to to make gains across the uh, Kirshan Oblast. Uh, they might be able to push all the way across that southern flank. Wow, that's something. And that's from CBS News. And before we discuss it, here's Mick Mulroy of ABC News on that same attack. This is going to be something that's going to, really going to shock uh, President Putin, because if they were able to, to, to recover any of Crimea, it would mean a net loss uh, for Putin uh, for the entire invasion. They already had annexed this, this territory before. So this is substantial, and it really shows that Ukraine wants to go on the offensive. So that was Ukrainian special forces getting into basically part of Russia, because Russia's controlled that now for, what is that, eight years, mm-hmm. um, Crimea. So that's the, the, I was just watching the video. I don't want any innocent Russians or Ukrainians to have to suffer, but, you know, seeing uh, Russians fleeing as bombs come down, and having to jump in their car and be on a line on the highway because, oh, my God, we're under attack. At least it's right. that and not more Ukrainians doing the same thing. And as you heard a couple of uh, military strategists saying there, this this could reframe the entire war. This, this is one of the biggest things that has happened in the entire six months. 
Yeah, the WAPO puts it like uh, this. A Ukrainian attack in Crimea would mark a dramatic escalation in the war. It would demonstrate a remarkable ability by Ukrainian forces or their allies to strike at Russia far from the front lines. Russia said, yet the blast was ammunition explosion, uh, accident, uh, pilot light left on. U.S. officials speaking on the condition of an an hmm? Anonymity told uh, the post-Ukrainian forces apparently had carried out the strike but did not use a weapon provided by the United States. Okay, fine. So this says... uh, We're shipping them more weapons than than, than ever before. The new Ukrainian military package, uh, according to the the Pentagon, the one we're about to send them, is the largest yet. Yeah, and nobody's shipping Russia planes and weapons and people. The nine Russian military planes reportedly destroyed would represent the biggest single-day loss for the Russian Air Force since the war began is a major strike yesterday awesome oh yeah and that's that's right where is uh oh there it is all right cool uh according to military.com their daily news russia has suffered up to eighty thousand military casualties in ukraine according to our pentagon eighty thousand in a six-month war well the low end of the range is seventy thousand um so, and uh, according to the Ukrainians, and who knows if they're telling the truth, but it's it's a little over 40,000 Russian troops killed and 30,000, 40,000 uh, uh, injured enough to take them off the battlefield. So, uh, this thing ain't how over many, yet. How, how many killed, they're guessing? The Ukrainians are claiming it's 42,200. Wow, 40,000 deads in six months. You know, that number might be a little inflated, but if our Pentagon believes 70 to 80,000 casualties, which is dead and injured, uh, you know, it's probably not terribly far off. No, and that's a, that's an unimaginable number for us, for instance. Yeah, oh my gosh, we, yeah. We lost yeah. a couple of thousand people in Afghanistan over 20 years. The Pentagon on Monday said it is sending Ukraine an additional billion dollars in military assistance, including tens of thousands more munitions and explosives. The largest such package since Russia launched its invasion in February. The whole uh, U.S. official uh, anonymously said, yes, the, it was the Ukrainian special forces, but they did not use any of our explosives. We just spent, sent them a billion dollars worth of explosive, but it wasn't one of ours. What the, what, what the hell? Who's still worried about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I guess that's the uh, most important thing. Although, if you know a lot about weaponry, the new security assistance package includes ammunition for the high-mobility artillery rocket system known as HIMARS and 75,000 howitzer rounds, as well as mortar systems, surface-to-air missiles, javelin anti-armor missiles, claymore mines, and demolition explosives. It pushes the total U.S. military support for Ukraine past $9 billion since the war began. You know, I, I do not say this cynically. But I wish I was in the howitzer round business. Yeah, no kidding. Um, how, how involved were we in this attack yesterday? I can't wait until the book is written years from now. We we may have planned the every every bit of it with a with the the uh, you know um, the satellite imagery and uh, um, intelligence that we have. Well, I'm not going to comment on that unless I can be anonymous or wear the cloak of invisibility or something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have that uh, the the simulation that our Pentagon did and released about if uh, China attacked Taiwan or um, the Wall blockade them? St- the Wall Street Journal had that story the other day, and uh, I don't know if I can come up with it. I certainly have the uh, the headline is that it would be a very there'd be a high price to pay for all sides. That's Taiwan, the United States, and China would all pay a very high price. The way they think it would play out when they do these war games, and I guess we're about to learn more about it. Here it is. I found it. 
Um, one recent unclassified war game, which I got to believe we unclassified on purpose to let China know you'd pay a hell of a price, which assumed that the U.S. would come to Taiwan's defense. That's not a given, by the way, that if China attempts to evade Taiwan, that we come to their defense. Strategic ambiguity, Jack. This war game concluded that China doesn't have the capability to take Taiwan, but that a conflict over the island would leave the U.S. military weakened for years. So it was in the Wall Street Journal. In the first three weeks after invading Taiwan, China sank two multi-billion dollar U.S. aircraft carriers. Man, we're fully at war with China when they're sinking our aircraft carriers. Well, that would be the loss of hundreds, if not thousands of men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, attacked American bases across Japan and on Guam and destroyed hundreds of advanced U.S. jet fighters, which, as Joe just pointed out, and the pilots probably. China's situation would be, if anything, worse. It landed troops on Taiwan in this simulation, seized the island's southern third, but its amphibious fleet was decimated by relentless U.S. and Japanese missile and submarine attacks. That's the way it would play out. It would be uh, China would not be able to resupply their own forces once they're on the island. The capital, Taipei, was secure in Taiwanese hands and Beijing was low on long range ballistic missiles to counter America's still potent air and maritime power. So it would be gruesome. And everybody the entire time, of course, would be worried that one side or the other is going to use a nuke, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that it was declassified. It said, yeah, we would take a hell of a blow, but you'd take a hell of a worse one. So how do they run these simulations, these war games, if you will? Uh, one of our beloved listeners sent along some really good information on that very topic, a description of how it works that I found interesting, and I think you will, too. Why don't we take a break? Okay. Uh, semi on time for once in our lives, and we'll come back and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, gratify you and edify you with the information. This new mature us. I just I don't, I don't even know if I know us anymore, taking a break on time. We've grown up. Hey, we got on this topic briefly during one of these live ads we were doing about websites for companies, and I just wanted to throw it out there just as I, I as a as a consumer. If your website is not great, you shouldn't even open today. You should spend all your time today making your website great. If you have a website that doesn't work or doesn't tell people where you are or what's on your menu or what you have in stock, Right. Don't do anything else today, but fix your website. You're crazy. <laughs> and don't have your tech guys, your tech people, tell you whether your website is good or not. Have your sister tell you or your mom or your neighbor say, here, jump on the website and, 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 uh, and, and figure out uh, what you want to buy and just watch them. Because some are just terrible. They are. And it's like, uh, how I, in the modern world? Anyway, I made my point. Yes, you have, sir, and we thank you. Um, uh, back to the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Fifth Amendment and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, next segment, hope you can stay tuned. Uh, alert listener Dave heard us discussing war simulations, war games, that sort of thing, and we are asking how they work. Um, and uh, I found this so interesting. He, gets, he, he writes, hey, guys, and yes, I'm going to address you with gendered language. <laughs> War games are done by stacking tolerances. As an example, what aircraft are capable of carrying out the mission? How many aircraft are fully functional? 
And how many are mission-capable? Mission-capable is different than fully functional. How many aircraft take off and make it to the area of operation? Because they have statistics on this stuff. Uh, there's a big caveat, which I'm getting to, but stay with us. Uh, how many missiles leave the rail when triggered for launch? Surprisingly, not 100%. Mm. How many missile seekers find and lock onto the target? Camouflage, stealth, malfunctions, etc. How many missiles impact or explode within the kill radius? How many laser target designators fail? How effective is anti-aircraft guns and missiles? This is an example of the sequence of events that work between 100% and 0% of the time. Uh, <laughs> in other words, it is an inexact science, uh, as all war is. War games are based on this type of consideration. There is an excellent book called How to Make War by James Dunnigan. You've read everything, Jack. Have you read that? You I don't think I have. No, I haven't either, and it sounds terrific. This is a description of it. An indispensable guide to how wars are fought, James Dunnigan's classic text has been enormously popular with citizens, professional soldiers, and journalists alike. Now it's been revised to include a stunning array of new subjects, from the cutting edge of cyber war to the current concern about terrorism, how to make war presents a clear picture of complex weapons, armed forces, and tactics. Describing New World Order, one with a greater number of equipped players than the big two of old, that'd be the U.S. and the Soviet Union. This updated edition features all of the elements of traditional warfare, along with discussions of terrorist techniques, nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons, and third world ballistic missiles. Past editions of How to Make War were chillingly accurate in assessing and predicting the outcomes of all the major conflicts in the last two decades. Mm. Loaded with expertise and latest information, this edition is an essential reference for any military library uh, and a work that forewarns and forearms the free world for the conflicts ahead. There used to be a World War II strategic-level game of war in the Pacific. It really illustrates the material advantage the U.S. built up in the second year of that war. It becomes inevitable that the U.S. will win. It uses the type of probabilities outlined above, Dave writes, to determine combat outcomes with few completely random factors thrown in. I hope this illuminates how our war games are fought. If the variables are filled in correctly, games can be quite educational. Dave, thanks a million for uh, sharing your, your time and expertise. That's good stuff. Yeah. I'd like to read that book. I may. I wonder how dry it is. Probably I got quite. a short attention span. Probably I'm the quite. modern man. Hey, we got Look, this a squirrel. We got this text on our text line, which is 415-295-KFTC. Hey guys. This might be a first for you. I've been up since 3 a.m. listening to yesterday's show. Pretty sure I'm in labor with our third baby. A few weeks ago, my husband and I half joked that I would be listening at the hospital to get through the labor. It's now sounding like a pretty good idea. Make today's show a great one for me. No pressure. Wow. Wow. Third child, huh? Congratulations. Yeah. We, we wish nothing but the best for you and your beautiful family. And at He's the, like a little baby. <laughs> the, the Just ba- like it, sir. The baby yes. will be like a little baby. And at the <laughs> risk of being self-serving, I'll read the rest of it. And thank you for simply being the best. We've been listening since high school. Uh, doesn't necessarily make me feel better. Needless to say, we love you guys. <laughs> I'm now 80. Uh, well, what gratifies my heart is that we do very, very well among men and among birthing people. So that is so wonderful. Humans with the capacity for birth. Uh, lactators. Yes. There you go. Yes, because I won't use the W word because it's so hateful. Also, apropos of nothing, saw this floating around. It's a uh, old-timey picture from 1890. World's fattest man was large enough to be considered a freak show in the circus in 1890. And the, the guy who tweeted out said, I saw 35 people bigger than this at Walmart yesterday. And it's true. 
He's a big uh-huh. guy, but he would yeah. not stand out in your Walmart tall. And he yeah. was the world's fattest man in 1890, traveling around in a rail car, you know, people paying to see him. Isn't you that wouldn't a weird? Even notice him. Isn't that yeah. interesting? I don't know what yes. that means. It means we're fat. Fat? I guess it's not much more. You don't more... know what it means. Guess... It means everybody's fat. I guess it's not much more complicated <laughs> than that, is it? Fat? We're, hey. I guess the headline is we're fatter than we used to be, and that's not really revelatory. Wow. Uh, we ought to get to that uh, five issues that are going to doom Gavi Newsom on the national stage at some point. But I do want to get back to the whole Mar-a-Lago thing and, and Trump taking the fifth. There's some really interesting topics there. Trump taking the fifth, though, that's over like his tax business stuff, right? That's completely Correct. separate from mm-hmm. this. And got all the headlines get mixed together. It's you know, those are such different things. If if he was exaggerating, or are they? Well, if it's if it's a if it's a never ending plot to destroy him so he doesn't become president, then they are the same thing. But if it turns out he lies like crazy in terms of overvaluing his property, does that disqualify you from being president? It doesn't in my mind. I I assume every business person overvalue overvalues their property. Yeah, and that's a great conversation. It gets a little into the constitutional weeds, but there are some people on the left trying to make the argument that if uh, Trump is found to have inflated the value of a property to get a loan, then deflated it to have lower taxes, oh, my word, who would do that? Then he's disqualified from being the president according to this statute. You can't lump that in with a coup. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. Like they're the same thing, for crying out loud. Of course, you know, there's so much wild disinformation going on on the left. We've actually today we've spent more time on what we perceive to be things that uh, our friends on the right are doing wrong or or whipping up people in the wrong way than we have the left just, you know, for coincidence, not for any particular reason, but the whole uh, fundraising thing by terrorizing people or or whipping them up into hatred and 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 wild fantasies. The left does that on a daily basis. Please, every aspersion cast at the Supreme Court, for instance, the idiotic and, and unconstitutional court packing plans and the rest of it, it's all just awful and designed to whip people up. Uh, by the oh, way, and, and whipping up the idea that Trump, if we can get Trump on some sort of inflating a property value, then he can't be president anymore. Send us $20 to help with the effort. That's all bull crap. Are you following that current Kobe Bryant case? Oh, that is his wife. Uh, his yeah, wa- kind of, sort of. His wife sobbing in the courtroom yesterday. What is she there to do? She's trying to keep pictures of his charred mangled body from being printed in newspapers for profit and that of her child too. yeah right grisly photos of kobe bryant's remains shared for gossip uh, say his lawyers no what the so hell who, who wants to see that i wouldn't look at him if you if you handed them to me weirdos um does taking the fifth the fifth saying i refuse to talk mean you're guilty of course not more on that coming up in a second If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In 2016, then-candidate Trump had another take on the right against self-incrimination. He questioned why aides to Hillary Clinton pleaded the fifth during an investigation into a private email server. You see, the mob takes the fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? In his statement today, Trump recalled his earlier remarks, writing, quote, Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt, you have no choice. So Trump took the fifth a gazillion times yesterday being asked about all his financial stuff and... Some people are making a really big out of deal out of the fact that he used to say that, what he just said about Hillary and others throughout his life about taking the fifth as proof. That, I'm sure he's taken the fifth a million times. Well, not only that. Because he's but, been uh, in so many court cases throughout his life, whether the divorce or business, this and that. It just it just wasn't he was a big enough deal that you knew it at the time. But anyway, um, yeah, he used to say it means you're guilty. And now and now he did it yesterday. And I don't find that ironic or really even that interesting. It's just politics, honestly. You can say Trump's not a politician, but he's a politician. And um, my uh, libertarian-leaning friends, well, let me me read uh, from Charles C.W. Cook, who is writing about it today. Um, For what it's worth on originalist grounds, Charles Cook said, I don't think that the Fifth Amendment does prohibit negative inferences, but 
The Supreme Court case called Griffith does. I didn't know that. So the Supreme Court ruled that you can't make negative inferences from the fifth. I I would like to know more about that case, how it was being used to where that ever came up. Anyway, Charles Cook says... Yeah, I have a vague memory of it. Uh, It came up recently, oh, who was involved, when somebody tried to suggest to the jury, look at that, he wouldn't answer questions. What does that tell you? And the judge said, whoa, no, 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 no. That makes sense. That that makes perfectly good sense. So you're not allowed in a courtroom to say that means something. Yeah, I'm fine. That makes sense to me. Um, uh, But... Charlie Cook said, I do think that a cultural norm against inference is a, is a good thing. Yeah, the, 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 everybody going, I do this. I think most people do, don't you? Or do you not? Are you such a good human being, such a good American, such a good constitutionalist that you don't? When I hear somebody take the fifth, I lean toward feeling like they're guilty. But I shouldn't. Li- I shouldn't. Uh, depending on the case, a little, sometimes a lot. Yeah, sure. But but at the same time, uh, there's a break, and I hit the brakes because as a lover of liberty, I will tell you this, you never, ever have some sort of obligation to help the government prosecute you. Right, right, which you should remember from point of contact with the first police person if you ever right. got, uh, you know, things are going weird. Yeah, well, and there's a uh, a belief in liberty-loving libertarian circles, whatever you, small l libertarians, that just never cooperate at all if you might be uh, a suspect. You didn't do anything. You're totally innocent. You think, all right, the best thing I can do is just tell these guys everything because then they'll go away and realize it wasn't me. And that makes sense unless you're a seasoned observer of the legal process and you see how often it goes sideways and people who are innocent either get accused or tried or convicted or at least hassled for a very long time. And a much better policy is to say... uh Uh, With all due respect, and I have a great deal of respect for y'all in law enforcement and the fabulous job you do, I will not be talking to you without my attorney. You have no obligation to participate in your own prosecution. Right. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, and it's a, a cherished right that we have as citizens, and using it should not imply that you're guilty. Well, right, and I think the assumption that you were talking about, that everybody makes a little bit, is, oh, if he were to answer that question, uh, they would have dirt on him. But you have to look at it this way. If there's a one in a thousand chance this could go sideways on me, I'm just keeping my my clap shut. Hey, do you remember? I've heard this back and forth. My trap, not clap. My (laughs) trap. I'm not going to open my trap to talk about my clap. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to clap? I take the fifth. (laughs) see on that one that's a perfectly good example by the way of one where i would think that means you're guilty because it's hard to imagine any reason why you wouldn't just say no joe has gonorrhea joe totally has gonorrhea please clap but my point was going to be like a a lot has been made recently of general flynn he was deposed during the january 6th thing and they Mm -hmm. aired some of that uh, question and answer. He took the fifth over and over, including on the question of, do you believe in the peaceful transfer of power? He took the fifth. Now, then it gets into that. I don't remember what's the right or wrong answer. Maybe you do now. If you 
do you have to take the fifth for the whole time you're being questioned, or can you just do it for part of the time? Because I heard people claiming, no, 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 you either take the fifth or you don't. You don't get to answer some questions and not answer others. Or I've heard other people say, no, it's the exact opposite. And I haven't gotten to the root. I knew this at one point, but now I've forgotten it. I don't know. I don't know well enough to answer. We should look that up. Or if you're a lawyer, tell us. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Because that was being the excuse that was being made by some that, that why General Flynn did that is, no, he's taking the fifth on all this other stuff, so he had to on that question also. Um, but if that's not the case, that's a heck of a thing to take the fifth on. Do you believe in the peaceful transfer of power? What the Unless he that? doesn't. Unless, well, I don't even know how you'd nail down whether somebody believes in something. Um, my, but my point was, if you ever did want to take the fifth, it's got to be on complex tax questions. Because, I mean, there's no way I'm answering those questions without without a lawyer speaking for me. Anything yeah. about taxes. It's so complicated. Yeah, I would like to see the list of questions that's that not he was a, asked, just out of curiosity. That's not a, do you know John Gotti? Have you ever met with John Gotti? Yeah. You know, it's kind of a black or white, and it looks very weird that you wouldn't answer that question you know, because you either did or you didn't. But on a complicated tax stuff, Trump was being questioned on all day yesterday. Of course your lawyer would tell you to take the fifth on that, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it was known going in that he would, and so part of me wonders why they bothered, but, you know, maybe they have to. Do, yeah, do they actually make you say, I take the fifth 400 times? Well, he was there for hours and hours, and I don't think he answered a single question. So, yes, in answer to your question. Did he just sit, sit there and say, la, 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 la? Or is that, in, that probably not the way you're supposed to handle it? He said, I respectively decline to answer uh, based on my Fifth Amendment uh, privilege. Then he said, I'm citing the Fifth Amendment. Then he just said, five. Then he just held up five fingers. And then he said, what comes after four? And then he said, <laughs> what's well, 11 minus six? <laughs> Just to keep things fresh throughout the day. (laughs) Uh, I guarantee you this. Unless you are a lawyer, you haven't spent as much time being questioned by lawyers as Donald Trump has in his life. Fill in the blank. The Jackson. That's right. (laughs) You got it. Next question. What, Geisberger? (sighs) Yeah, we need that question answered, whether or not you're just allowed to take the fifth for one one thing or another. But, But anyway, um... I, I didn't find it as richly ironic and entertaining that he took the fifth after claiming that that makes you guilty in the past. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's no, just I politics. I know exactly what he's doing there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, you're a deficit hawk until you're in office. Then you spend money like a wild man. There are a thousand examples of it, right, left, and center. Yeah. So, anyway, what else were we going to do this hour? We, we talked about doing a bunch of things. Um... We, t- we talk about a lot of things. Do we ever get around to them? I don't know. Well, we're talking just, about talking about things, so you'd just, think we could get around to it. You just, you can't it's just trust more us. talking. There's yet another new robot out that's terrifying me. I haven't watched this latest video yet. but Oh, 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 how about the five policies that will doom Gavi, Gavi Newsom nationally? I would like to hear that, and then I want to get a little more into this poll of whether people think the Anti-Inflation Act, the, re- the, the, the Inflation Reduction Act, is actually going to re- reduce inflation, practically nobody in America thinks that. Days after it, that it passed. That's incredible. This is the most unsuccessful legislation from a perception standpoint I remember in ever. 
ever. Oh yeah, it's it's awful. Nobody bought their spin. Nobody. So, sorry. Except what some small percentage of Democrats. Sorry to all the pundits who were talking about this has revitalized the Biden presidency. This is a, a going to be a strong wind at their back as they head into November. No, a day after they passed it, less than a majority of Democrats believe it's going to reduce inflation. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's well, that whole thing's a crock. Of, of course, crap. maybe they're very excited about all the green stuff, and they and realize the, it's sort of, and the Obamacare, uh, you know, beefing up Obama, um, mm-hmm, Obamacare, and that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm misreading it. It's just an indication that we all caught on to the ruse. It's got nothing to do with inflation, and then you either like it or don't like it based on all the green energy stuff. That could be right. Uh, more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. 
And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. So let's make sure you understand what this woman is talking about before we uh, hear more from her. She is a licensed therapist of some sort there, talking about MAP's Minor Attracted Persons, which is kind of a euphemistic, watered-down version of saying people who are sexually interested in children. Right. And uh, this is a libs of TikTok thing, which has been criticized for... A variety of reasons when really what it is is it's take, she made this video on purpose because she wanted people to see it. Then there's a and website. put it out. Exactly. And right. It, and then there's a website <laughs> that gathers these to say, look how crazy some of these people are. And then they get mad. Anyway, let's hear more from this woman. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. Wow. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors. I had not heard that people first thing. So you want to look at oh, the sure, yeah. totality yeah. of the human being. So sure, you're sexually... Well, that's, that's the origin of like, uh, you don't say homeless person, you say person experiencing homelessness. Okay. So in this case, I'm supposed to not just focus on the fact that you want to have sex with children. You're also a wonderful dancer and speak two languages. Right, exactly. Yeah. I want to point out that this is precisely the sort of person you see regularly quoted as an expert in sex and gender issues in New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today. Good point. Let's hear a little more from Miranda. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction, just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or or whatever you are, and you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. Why would you make she ever get to, is it okay in her mind for, for people to have sex with youngsters? Right. Yeah, that's what I would like to know. That's where the rubber meets the road. So do you think these people should be allowed to be out in society doing this stuff or do they need to be locked up? Because that's what society and pretty much all societies in the world throughout most of time, except for like the Taliban and the Greeks in a weird way, um, have decided that this is not what they want in their society. Is she suggesting that you should allow it in your society? You see, if you want to have sex with my kid and you touch him, I'm going to kill you is a thing. So... I don't know what she thinks of that. 
Well, right. I mean, uh, yeah, it would be helpful to hear her ultimate point. Is her ultimate point that, look, these people don't choose this? I believe that. Now, clearly, it's completely unacceptable in our society or any other, I would say. I um, doubt that's so where she's going. So here's how we deal with that. Yeah, I doubt yeah, that's I where doubt. she's going. But, um, yeah, I'd, I think I think I'd mostly believe that. You're, something happened in your wiring either before you were born or through abuse when you were a kid, and you... You can't help it, but you if you can't control your urges, you can't be out and about in society. I think that's, well, that is not, I don't think, that is what we've decided in every county in America. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's an interesting question. Um, again, I assume she's got wackadoo freakish ideas about it, but uh, I was reading this long article about how the music industry covered up for R. Kelly for years and years. How people would actually have the conversation when he was a hit maker um, have you seen that video? And the answer would be, uh, no, I didn't watch it, because if I watched it, then I wouldn't be able to work with them. So let's go make another hit record and make everybody rich. Wow. But w- one of the aspects of the article, it, it just shows, again, how the enlightened lecturers of Hollywood are such hypocrites and liars. But um, one of the points of the article was he was sexually abused absolutely as a child. Mm. And has that... Yeah, need for control or associates childhood with sex thing, and and I I've got to admit, while we can't permit anybody to sexually abuse children for any reason, there's no excuse that's appropriate. It would be really good if we could get really good at telling people, look, if you were a victim of sexual abuse and you have these desires, please come and talk to us, or here's what you do. Uh, because Lord knows we don't want you to th- we don't want to throw you in prison because you were abused as a child and haven't been able to deal with it. So I, I would love, but you know, here we are back to we need better mental health care in this country, which I think everybody agrees. Yeah. Uh, quick follow up on uh, last segment, Mike the lawyer uh, weighing in uh, on the question of the Fifth uh, Amendment. If you take the Fifth Amendment in a civil case, there can be a negative inference that's allowed, but not in a criminal case. That's often why there's a criminal case pending and also a civil case, like in a wrongful death or something. The civil case is usually put on hold until the criminal case is completed. Really? So in a civil case, the lawyer can say, you see, he won't answer the question. Why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? Really? And then he makes another interesting point on our current topic. We need to start calling O.J. Simpson a human terminating, a, a terminating person. A hum- oh, I see, a human terminating person. We really need to focus on all the other aspects of O.J. that are good. He just chopped up two people, but he was a fine running back and a commercial pitch man and a terrible actor. So he's not a murderer. He's a... A, a person who murders. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's also a fantastic athlete and exactly. uh, and advertising pitchman. Exactly. How do you how do you reduce him to merely a murderer when he's a fine and complex fellow? Damn. As I was driving around L.A. the other day, I realized so much of my knowledge of various neighborhoods is based on the O.J. trial. I was on. I found myself on Bundy Drive. You know, I had some idea of the lay of the land just because of that. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Still after all these years. 
Yeah, although, like I mentioned the other day, I was reading No Country for Old Men and recognized all sorts of towns. Eagle Pass, Uvalde, uh, etc. From the news. Speaking of Uvalde, Beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor in Texas, was just asked about that, and a heckler got in his face, and he lost it and called him an MFer. I think is what I just read. We'll have to dig up that tape. Sounds that is correct, ex- sir. Sounds kind of exciting. <sighs> Exciting. Is that what we're going for now? I thought we were a nuanced uh, intellectual discussion. If you miss an hour of this show and nobody can expect you to listen to the previous three hours, um, I do kind of expect that. But you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. I thought we had some pretty good stuff today. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.